Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Katie Langford and Amanda Cahill. Katie went from being entry-level to executive in less than 12 years. She used to sit in the corner office every single day crying because she knew that she wasn't in the right career anymore. She kept asking herself, is this it? Amanda was a rock star who not only became the first woman in her family to go to college, but also get an MBA. Her career was taking off fast and she had the boxes checked, but she kept asking herself, isn't there more? Together, they created the Bold Women Society to build a community and platform for ambitious mid-career women who are searching for more. Ladies, I cannot wait to have you on the show today. This was such an exciting interview getting prepped for. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us, Sandra. We're so excited to be with you and to be with your audience for Make That Money, Honey. Woohoo! <laughs> so before we get started, I would just love to hear a little bit about how you two met and how you started the Bold Women Society. Sure. So this is Katie speaking. So I'll jump in and tell a little bit of the story and then Amanda will tell the rest of it. So as you said, I went from entry level to C-suite in no time. And when I walked away from my career, I found myself wanting to coach women. I wanted to help other women who were sitting and staring their, their career in their eye going, is this it? And so Amanda and I actually met at an event that I was co-hosting with a, a, a former colleague of mine. And Amanda became my sixth coaching client. That was in 2017. And then Amanda and I, we worked together for about six months. She moved on and started working with some other coaches. I continued to coach other women. And in 2020, I was really burnt out from coaching. I had gotten to the place one time where I had 19 individual clients and it was just a lot. It was a lot. And so... I decided that I wanted to do something crazy. I wanted to go into full-time public speaking. I declared this to the world. And three weeks later, COVID shut down every single thing, right? We all remember that, that March. Well, along with COVID shutting down everything, I turned 40. And I was sitting in the high-rise apartment that my husband and I had just moved into in a really hip part of Dallas staring out the window thinking, what in the hell am I going to do with my life? And I realized at that point that I could either start and create the women's empowerment brand that I always wanted, or I could make excuses and figure something else out. So a pandemic and turning 40 
sent me on its way, I decided that I would create this thing called Bold Women's Society. And very scary one day, I put it out on social media. And a few weeks later, Amanda texted me and said, hey, we really need to talk about what you're doing. So we jumped on a phone call and I was creating an advisory board. I knew that I couldn't do this work alone. I really wanted women on my team. And I was only telling the women that I was inviting. But for some reason, I had this feeling like I should tell Amanda. So I said, oh, I'm creating this advisory board. And one of Amanda's favorite sayings and the thing that she lives her life by is that the answer is always no until you ask. And so she said, well, can I be on your advisory board? And I thought, well, yeah, of course. You're a total badass, obviously. So she jumped on board. And a few weeks later, she sent me an email and said, hey, I have this crazy idea. I want to talk to you again. So we jumped on the phone and she said, can I do this with you? Can I be your business partner? And, uh, and it happened. And so I'll let Amanda take the story from here. Yes. Thank you so much, Katie. I always love hearing you intro that and how we met each other and how we came to be because it's like we get to relive it every single time we get to tell this story. So I love that you asked us to share this, Sandra. But similar to Katie, uh, my career took off very fast, as Sandra said. And in fact, I'm actually still working my corporate career and I'm in the throes of it. It's thriving right now. I'm still advancing. Um, and as you mentioned, I am the first woman in my family to go to college and the first to get a master's degree. So I'm kind of paving the way, I feel like, for the future generations of my family. But even though all the boxes were checked and, you know, from the outside looking in, everybody said, oh, everything is so great. You're, you, Everything just seems like it's so perfect for you. And even though I kept hearing this, there was still something inside of me that there was this void and I didn't know what it was. And I had started working with, with Katie, like she said, I was like her fifth or sixth coaching client. And he, Katie and I kind of laugh about it now because when her and I started working together, I was kind of broken at that point. There were a handful of calls where she would ask me some tough questions and I would be on the verge of tears because I couldn't answer. I couldn't say what I liked about myself or what my strengths were, what values I brought, just things that you know, now I look back and I'm like, oh, I can list a hundred things that I like about myself and the value that I bring. <laughs> but I've since then worked with a ton of different coaches and I kept coming back to, I have been able to turn my life into a place where I have so much joy and so much happiness and so much fulfillment. And I wanted to be able to let other people feel that way too, to show people you can you can't have success and you can still be happy. You can still have fun. You can still live a fulfilled, enjoying life. You can have all of the things. It's a yes and life, not a but and life, right? And, um, you know, when I saw what Katie was doing with Bold Women's Society, I had always been journaling, like I said, that I wanted to help people. And when I saw this, I was like, hey, like she said, you know, what what is this? What are you doing? Let's talk about it. And the more I got involved, I just, something went off and I said, this is what I should be doing. Katie and I should be doing this together. And like she said, my my motto is the answer is always no until you ask. So probably one of the scariest things I ever did was call up Katie, somebody who had already founded a company and said, hey, I know you've already laid the foundation and the work for this. Let's partner together. Let me show you what I think the vision of this company could be and what this mission could look like with us doing it together. And, you know, the rest is history, as they say, right? So we're here now, we're doing it and, you know, kicking ass, we're having fun and we're changing lives. It's It's amazing, honestly. Wow. I love that story. I actually just got goosebumps from that because I was like so excited. I was like, this is so amazing that you have 
totally pivoted in 2020. You declared, Katie, you declared to the universe that you were going to become a full-time public speaker and then threw a spanner in the works with a pandemic. And then you created this amazing business together. I love that story so much. And, and Amanda, what I really like about what you shared is that you are still in the corporate world and you love it and you use the words joy and happiness and fulfillment, which I know personally from working in corporate, not a lot of people use those words. You know, people are feeling stuck and they're feeling mm -hmm. bored and they're feeling like they're on the hamster wheel of life. And like you both said, you knew there was something more and more powerful out there for you to be doing and to be able to impact these lives of women who are in the corporate world. So let's talk about that for a minute. Could you give us an example of some of the women that you work with and potentially some of the transformations that they have through going through your programs? Yeah, absolutely. So the majority of the women that we work with are mid-level, they're mid-career, right? So they're not the 24-year-old right out of college that's still in her first job, although we want to send love to that sister because whew, it's hard those first few years. But it really is that place where you're no longer the newbie and you have skin in the game, but you might literally sit back in your chair and go, oh my goodness, is this it? Now, as far as titles are concerned, most of the women that we work with are in some kind of management director role all the way up to the C-suite. And so we, we've seen a ton of transformations. And Amanda, do you want to give a couple of examples of just recent transformations that we've got to see? Oh, there's so many. The one on the top of my mind that I want to share, there, there's a woman who's been working with us all year in Bold Women's Society. And she was kind of at that place that you just mentioned, Sandra. She didn't have a lot of joy. She was kind of stuck, didn't know what she wanted to do. And she had always known that she wanted to write children's books. I know I mentioned that in the beginning a couple minutes ago, but she finally did it. There was what she told us there was one specific coaching call where it all just clicked for her. Everything came together and she was like, that is what I should be doing. I'm going to do it. And wouldn't you know it within like 30 days, she's already written the book. She's creating a launch team. She's getting it published and like, she's doing the damn thing, you know? So that's just one example. There are women that we work with who maybe they, they know that they should be getting paid more, but they don't know how to have that tough conversation. They don't know how to build up the case to go to their boss and say, look, I've been doing X, Y, and Z. I've excelled in all of these areas. I deserve this. So a lot of times we will help women sit down and say, okay, what have you done? What, what have you accomplished in your role? And there was a woman recently, we helped her negotiate a raise at her job it was like 16 or 17% over what she was making, just a phenomenal, but just the empowerment that she got from that. And when you're in that group setting too, other women get to hear these wins and they get to see what's possible. And that's kind of the beauty of what we're doing in Bold Women's Society with having this, this community is that we're also taking that and we're spotlighting these stories. So we're allowing the women in our community to join us online to say, hey, share your story. Share it with the world. Let other women hear the bold things that you were doing, the, the, the courageous things that you're stepping into. Because at the end of the day, Katie and I, we envision a world where every single woman is unapologetic in the pursuit of the, her dreams because she is confident 
and her, her being able to be bold. She has that courage to be authentic. And she has that power that comes from being supported by a community of like-minded women. And that's just a little bit of the power behind what we're doing at Bold Women Society and why we do what we do every single day. Oh, I love that. And especially when it comes to the salary negotiation piece, that is one thing that I know women struggle with so much. I personally do a lot of salary negotiation coaching with my one-on-one clients. And it is just one area that for some reason, women lack the confidence to actually ask for more. And it's not always monetary, but asking for a more interesting role, you know, asking for that promotion to move into something that they are truly passionate about within their, their company or something like that, because they just feel that they aren't worth it, or they aren't quite qualified, or they aren't deserving, because maybe they're the first woman in their family to ever have gotten to that level of success. And they should be grateful for how far they've come. But it's almost like they put a ceiling on themselves that just because this is the farthest anyone's ever come in their family or their life, doesn't mean that they can't go further. Right? Oh, Sandra, this confidence issue is a hot button for me. Um, Of several years ago, I tracked over a hundred conversations that I had, uh, initial potential coaching client conversations. And one of the things that I would ask after we would get to the place that I would say, you know, what is stopping you from going after this dream that you just told me about, this goal that you have? And 100%, like, I'm not kidding. I have a log of this. 100% of women used the phrase or some form of, I don't feel confident enough to do it. And it scared the crap out of me. And it's become this thing that I talk about all the time. And at Bold Women's Society, we teach all the time. Because what was fascinating to me was, The women that I talked to were across the United States and some in Canada. So it it was from coast to coast. They were working for small companies all the way up to Fortune 10 and Fortune 5 companies. They were managers, directors, VP. I talked to people in the C-suite who literally had the word chief in their title. It did not matter if they were making $70,000 or $400,000. I was shocked by this. For some reason, and I was also coaching a couple of men too, and they did it too. No, I got away from that real quick because, I mean, good luck to all the, the coaches out there that coach men, but we're here for the women. But it's crazy to me because what Amanda and I believe is, you know, we have big, bold things that we have to do in life and in our world and the impact we have to make. And so when we say, I can't do that because I don't feel confident enough, it, it really can be something that could be life changing, global changing, community changing, if someone doesn't step up to do it. And to me, that opportunity cost what we could potentially be leaving by not helping women feel more confident is what literally keeps me up at night. It it terrifies me. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I was actually having this conversation with one of my clients recently and I said, okay, so let's imagine that you did ask for this and that you got it. 
right? And and in this case, it was a promotion that was well and truly deserved. Sure, <laughs> had, you it know, always had, is. had ticked all the box, had ticked all the boxes, had gone way above and beyond for the company, and was still only getting this three three percent salary increase year on year at the review. And I said, okay, so what's holding you back from having this conversation? Well, what if they say no? Or what if they, and I said, okay, well, if they say no, you're going to be in the exact same position that you're in now. But what if they said yes? Right. And it's like, we have this fear that if we ask for more, we're going to lose our job or we're going to go backwards or something, you know, we're going to fail or it's some sort of failure on us. But at the end of the day, even if they say no, which, you know, 99% of employers are probably not going to, because in this day and age, it's so hard to find good staff that the cost of giving the staff member who's performed what they want is much cheaper than having to replace that staff member and find somebody new, pay recruitment fees, the training period and all that. So if, if it's a smart manager, they're going to give that person what they've requested, right? But this like fear that just gets inside of people about asking for what they deserve can be paralyzing. And yet they don't realize that 99% of the time they're probably going to get it. Or if they don't get it, they might meet halfway in the middle and get at least part of the way there. So I love what you said about that. And I love that you coach women specifically on that because it is just such a um, you know, a skill that I think so many people need to learn and, and not only that, but have the belief in themselves that they are truly worth it. So not just asking because they've been told how to do it, but actually believing in their ability that they are deserving. And maybe they, you know, haven't hit every single box from an experience or education perspective, but from a performance perspective or the value that they add to the company, they absolutely have. So, I just want to touch on some of the, my next question is you've worked with over 1500 women between the two of you. Let's talk about that for a minute. How do you, how, how do these women find you and, and how do you reach them to, to be able to express what kind of coaching you do? Yeah. So Amanda, do you want to take this? Yeah. So there's, there's, Sandra, I'm sorry. I took. I was. I was thinking there because I was still dwelling on your last comments there about women advocating for themselves. It's a hot button for me, so I was trying to wrap that up oh, in yeah. my mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were so many things that I could have interjected there. Um, but a, oh, a lot oh, of and we can continue down that path in a minute. <laughs> well, and just you know how women find us. A lot of times in the beginning, it was it was word of mouth. You know, women who who had worked with both Katie and I in our corporate careers. Um, you know, what's been a real interesting thing here, Sandra, recently is since I'm still working in my corporate career and I'm still networking a lot because I do business development and sales. So I'm constantly interacting with people across the country within my industry. If there's a lot of male colleagues in my industry who come up to, to me and say, Hey, I see what you and Katie are doing with bold women's society. I love the initiative. I love the mission. How can I help? I'm, a, you know, I've even had some of the men say, I don't even feel comfortable commenting on your post because I'm a man. What value can I add? <laughs> and so it's like, really, uh. I want to grab them and shake them and be like, what do you mean? You, you have so much value to add too. like, we can all learn from each other. This is how we do it. Right. But, um, you know, the, the word of mouth, the social media, uh, the testimonials that we've had and, you know, these men, when they come to me, I say, look, if you know any women in your life 
who might need what we're doing here at Bold Women's Society, send them our way. I've even had some some top-level executives in my industry send a, a corporate-wide email to the top female executives in their team, introducing them to Katie and I and saying, you need to be a part of their network. You need to know these women and just building up what we are doing without us even asking them to do it. So it's such a beautiful thing especially with what we're doing and our mission of just helping so many women step into their boldness and truly just being the, the great authentic woman that we know that they can be, the more people that we help do that, the easier it is because people just end up coming to us <laughs> through word of mouth. We've never done any sort of like advertise, paid advertising or anything like that. Um, and so Katie, I don't know if there's anything that you wanted to add to that, but it's just been fascinating to see how many people have been drawn to us just from the short amount of time that we've been around. Yeah. The only thing that I would add to that, Sandra, is we love getting in front of speaking audiences, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we love going into workplaces with women employee resource groups, their women's initiatives. Um, Amanda is super involved in her industry's women's network, uh, her industry, uh, what's the word association. So we do a lot of that as well. And just getting in front of the, you know, it's getting in front of our peers. That's the other thing. Right. And I'm sure that many people know this, you, you coach who you were, or you coach who you were a few years ago. And so we're, we just want to constantly be amongst our peers and what they're doing. Yeah. And I love what you said there, Amanda, that you've actually got male counterparts that are, you know, coming to you referring women. And that just shows how progressive our times are now, because you look back 10 years ago, and that was just not the case. It was not encouraging women to go to the next level with their career, kind of, you know, as I said about negotiation and, and that kind of uh, confidence in being able to say, I deserve this, that that just wasn't even a conversation that was being had 10, 15 years ago. And it's so nice to hear that, you know, probably C-level executive males are recognizing the importance of having bold women in the workplace and hanging on to them when they do have them. Well, and the reality is, depending upon the business, depending upon what it is that they sell, who their ideal customer is, right? There's a reason why we need women in leadership, Absolutely. right? There's the numbers prove when we just look at the standard, you know, just the S&P 500, we know that when we slice and dice those companies based on how many women are on their board of directors and how many women are in senior executive leadership roles, we know that they make more money. We know they have bigger revenues than companies that have all male or only one. And the tipping point most of the time is having at least three women on a company's, a public company's board or a privately held board for that matter. Um, that's when we see the difference. And so I think that you're, you're totally right, Sandra. You know, I started my, my career working 20 years ago. I mean, I graduated from college 20 years ago this year, which is insanity. Um, cause it feels like a day ago, but we weren't having these same conversations 20 years ago. And even 15 years ago, I remember the bosses that I had 10 years ago, I think things started to slowly change. 
But that was also because 10, 15 years ago, we started seeing those baby boomers that were, you know, the first woman to graduate from law school in her class. Like all of a sudden she's a partner now and she's like, oh yeah, no, I'm bringing women up with me. So it has been inching up over the last 15 years, 10 years, but you're right. I mean, there are, leadership is saying that if you want to impact your bottom line, you have to have diversity of all kinds in your ranks, in your leadership, around your table. I love that you said that, Katie, too. I completely agree. And some of the things that we see inside of Bold Women's Society, Sandra, is that we're actually getting to leaders, uh, women leaders on a different level and getting them to realize you're in a leadership position. The women below you are looking up to you. They're seeing what you're doing, whether you know it or not. They are watching you every single day. And whatever it is that you are doing, they are judging whether I can step into that role or not. I see that she's killing herself. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can still take care of my family and be successful. You know, they start comparing themselves. So it's opening their eyes to maybe you don't have to do it that way. There are other ways that you can do things. And you hit on something so important earlier that has very much been a shift. And that's the advocating for yourself. You know, 10 years ago, when I got into my, in my industry, it was catty. Women were fighting against each other to get to get promotions and to take credit for things. And that shift has been changing since I've been in in my industry over the past 10 years. It's still not 100%, but like Katie said, there is a big shift now of these women who are getting in these high-level positions looking around and saying, what the heck? Let me reach down and let me help somebody else come up the chain. Let me show them that they can, they can do it too. And letting them believe in themselves that you can advocate for yourself. You can advocate for promotions. Um, you can advocate at getting negotiations when you get a new job. You know, I think when you were talking earlier about what if they say no, I think even if they do say no, we like to let people know that nobody's a mind reader, especially as women. We just kind of assume that our work is going to speak for itself. If I just put my head down and I do all the things that I'm supposed to do and I put in the hours and I deliver a project that's 150% every single time, always over the top, they just assume that that's going to speak for itself, but it's not. And as they watch their male no. colleague, colleagues get, get promoted and pass them up and they're like, what the heck, what am I doing? And it's because they're just assuming that their leadership knows that they're looking for that next level, that they want that promotion, that they even have aspirations to go any higher than what they're at. So even if they do say no, you're still opening their mind to let them know that, oh, she she doesn't want to stay at this management tier forever. She really does have life goals. She wants to be in the C-suite one day, or she wants to be a director over here. She wants to have a team underneath her. And it's just being able to communicate that opens up leadership's eyes too so that these women can actually grow into those roles. So it goes both ways, which is, which is, it's a very fascinating thing to see that has shifted, especially more so over the past couple of years. Yeah, I, I really like what you said there, you know, because I remember when I was working in financial planning and I went up through the ranks, I started in admin and, you know, paraplanner, which is basically admin, but cl- more client work. And then associate and then advisor. And I was asking at every level before I was ready. And almost every single time I got it, I negotiated at every single role that I had. 
And there were just not enough women doing that. The two of the three companies had no women on their leadership team, you know, and it was just something that if, if we don't ask for it, we're never going to get it because if we wait and and what you said there about if we're putting in 150% into every project that we're doing, and I know as you were talking, I was like, I can name five women that I know right now that are busting their butt for their companies and they're exhausted, they're burnt out, they're overwhelmed, and they're doing all of this, you know, without getting recognized, without getting noticed. And yet they have this debilitating fear of saying, well, I want to move to the next role, or I deserve to be paid more for this, or I would like to be paid more for this. Because it's just, it's like we're, it, you know, we're in our own head about it so much Whereas when we say, oh, our male counterpart just got a promotion in his annual review, he's competitive. He's saying, I want this promotion. I deserve this. I want to advance my career. Women just don't come in with the same tenacity. Well, and here's the other thing. Don't wait for your annual review. You bring Mm -hmm. that up. You know, women, if you're listening to us and you're a leader, you need to start discussing this with your team members at least once a month, once every two months, having the conversation multiple times a year. And ladies, if you are looking to get promoted, if you want that next project, if you want to raise your hand, you've got to start talking about it more often than just once a year. As a former executive, when you talk about talent planning, when you talk about talent succession, one time a year is not enough. These conversations are typically happening multiple times a year in the executive level. And if you're not saying this is something I want, you're not going to be on the short list. And the other thing is, and I don't know the exact numbers anymore, but there used to be numbers, and hopefully this is improved, that men would look at a job description. And if they saw 30% of it that they thought that they could do or ha- or had skill set in they would put their name in the same study said that women had to feel like they knew 90% of the job before they would raise their hand this is a study i heard about it from un women ladies if you can do 90% of the job guess what you don't need that job you need the next job you're not going to know everything. You're going to fail. You're going to have to, you know, fall down and get back up. That's part of life. And the sooner that we as women get comfortable failing, the better it's going to be. And and I I've talked to a university professor here in um in North Texas at at TCU Texas Christian University who studied this. <sighs> Y'all The reality is, yeah, we're graduating at higher rates from college. School is killing us because school teaches women to color inside the line. Here are the directions. Follow it. I will give you an A. Corporate America, being an entrepreneur, plotting your own career is not a color inside the lines kind of thing. It's about taking risks. It's about raising your hand before you're ready. You know, it's not very rarely when you're in a professional setting, does your boss say, 
here is exactly what you're supposed to do. And here are the exact directions. And if you do it exactly this way, I will give you my 3% raise. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> right? It's so true. It's so true. Oh, I have it. I, I get on these rants, Sandra. I'm so freaking passionate about our work. Like, I just, I'm so passionate about it because there's going to be a woman who's listening to this that's going, oh my gosh, that's me. Mm-hmm. And you still have time. It's not all for naught. I used to be that woman. I was that woman who didn't want to raise her hand and finally got brave enough. And that's when I started selling quicker. And then I raised my hand to say, this isn't actually what I want anymore. So sometimes you get to that place too. Yeah. I I really like that you touched on the job application uh, metrics because I remember hearing about that study and I, I literally had this conversation with a client the other day and she's like, look, I'm thinking of applying to this. Like, can you read it in the job description and let me know what you think based on what you know of me? And I've been working with her since probably about April of 2021. So I know her quite well. And, and I said, look, you are absolutely in the running for this job. And she goes, yeah, I know, but I don't have experience with this and this and this. And I was like, who cares? You can, you have experience that's not on there and you can learn it because at the end of the day, what's on a job description is their ideal candidate, right? That would be in an ideal world. They want somebody that can use this software platform and experience with this kind of, you know, client service, whatever. And they're not going to get somebody that's going to tick every single box, but what they are looking for is the right attitude. And I think, you know, applying for things before you're ready and demonstrating how you can meet those, even if your skills are not directly related you know, you can exemplify how you have done similar things or worked on similar projects or, you you know, worked with similar software or something like that or gotten, you know, gotten results. And and that's Absolutely. where we get, we hold ourselves back, right? Oh, it's so crazy. Well, and it's funny. One quick thing, Amanda, it's what's funny is I did at one point wait until I checked the boxes for 90%. I put myself up for a promotion. I got the promotion and I was so bored that I left and took another job 12 months later because I was bored. What were you going to say, Amanda? Well, I was going to say it's Sandra hit on such a good point of having somebody in your corner who pushes you, who can see things outside of what your actual realm is. And I think back to, you know, several years ago in my career, I, I was going for a job. They had actually given me an offer and I almost didn't take it because I thought that I couldn't do the job, that I wasn't qualified, that I didn't have the experience. I was so afraid that I was going to fall, that I was going to fail, that I almost didn't take it. And I had a handful of people in my network who were basically exactly what you told your client, Amanda, you're crazy. You are going to take this job. You were more than qualified and you were going to excel at this job. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. As soon as I get, got in, I said, oh, this isn't that hard. <laughs> I can totally do this. Why was I yeah. even questioning it? But that's, that's that little voice in our head, that imposter syndrome, that, that lack of confidence where we just think that we have to be perfect in order to hit this arbitrary mark that we've set for ourselves, like whatever that even means, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like if you're going into a job and you're 100% qualified and you've got nothing to learn, you're going to be bored. 
right? If you're going in there and you, and you don't have all, if you tick every single box, you're going to go in, you're already going to know how to do everything. And it's not going to feel like a challenge. It's not going to keep you engaged. It's not going to, you know, get you excited about going into work. It's, it's what Katie said before is you don't need that job. You need the one above that. Mm -hmm. You need their manager's job (laughs) if you're hitting 90%. So let's talk about for a minute, what does being bold have to do with your finances? What, how does that reflect in women's ability to earn? Oh, I, this question fires me up so much, Sandra. I love talking about this and we talk about it a lot in, in bold women's society that Katie and I very much, very strongly believe that obviously there is a taboo around money when it comes to women it's specifically specifically women talking about money talking about finances and that needs to change and we know that we can help shape this new narrative i actually found uh, a mckinsey study the other day from i think it was like august 2020 that said women control only a third of household financial assets in the united states a third and that is what, insane and to that's me that's crazy because we make 90% of the decisions of how our houses spend money. Yeah. Yeah. And so like being, what does being bold have to do with your finances? It's opening up that conversation. It's, it's feeling comfortable talking about money. Even if you feel like I can't contribute to this conversation because I don't know a lot about finances, you know, about your personal money situation, you know, how much you're making. Yes. It may be embarrassing to have those conversations, but I'm going to tell you some of the biggest jumps that I've had salary wise in my career were because somebody else said, you need to ask for X. If you feel comfortable asking for this, you need to ask for it. And the first time somebody told me that, I said, oh, no, no, what are you even talking about? There's no way I can ask for that number. And they say, this is the number that they pay for this position. This is what you need to ask for. And I asked for it. Yeah. They gave it to me. And then I negotiated for higher than what I had asked and they offered me for. So there's so much power in that, but just opening up that conversation because you don't know what you don't know. I remember when I was in my like, you know, when I was in college or high school and I just remember thinking, man, if I made $80,000, man, I'd make it like that's, that would be just like checking it off the box. Right. And now like the more educated I am, the more my eyes have been opened to what is actually possible. I just can't even believe that that narrative was what I had held for such a long time. And it wasn't until I started having more conversations, started opening up that narrative Yes, it was uncomfortable. And yes, you can still see Katie, Katie and I see it all the time. We have conversations with women. They start to get uncomfortable when we talk about money. Mm -hmm. You need to get comfortable talking about money. You need to feel powerful in knowing that you can talk about money. And when you talked about earlier about knowing what value you bring, we talk about that a lot in Bold Women's Society, putting your confidence resume together, your badass list of achievements, whatever you want to call it, something that I've incorporated in my career at the end of every single week. I write down, what did I accomplish this week? And at the end of the month, you can review, holy crap, look at what I've done this month. And you can, if you compound that and do it over time, it becomes so easy to have those tough conversations where you can talk about asking for more money because you have it right in front of you. Those are your talking points. Look at all the cool things that I have done since I've been here. Look at what I have achieved. And that becomes what you carry in your back pocket, right? And you can start having those conversations. And even if you don't want to have that conversation with your colleagues or at work, have a girlfriend that you can talk to. Find a group, you know. We do it in Bold Women's Society where we allow people to have these conversations. So there just needs to be more women advocating 
for women to have these conversations. And maybe, maybe somebody needs to, I don't know, create something to make women feel comfortable about money. I don't know, you know, an education yeah. app or something like that to teach women specifically about finances or, you know, whatever, what have you, but just there needs to be more of an initiative because the shift is happening, but there's so much more we can do to speed up this process. So much yeah. more that we can do. Yeah. I love that. And, um, you, you know, exactly like what you said, when, when women have this fear about talking about money and the one third of the households in the U S about that, that figure that you dropped, that actually surprised me as being high. I would have thought it would have been actually lower than that because, you know, even when I talk to a lot of the women that are taking this step and engaging a financial coach, right? Because financial coaching is one of those things that it's like, people don't really understand it. They know what a financial plan, they know what a financial planner does, which gives you, and I was a financial planner. So, you know, they give you product advice, they give you what to do with your assets, but how do you accumulate those assets? How do you get to that level where you actually need a financial planner, right? And working through these limiting beliefs around earning capacity, around contributing to a household. I read a LinkedIn article the other day that that's calling the pandemic uh, the great resign because so many people are leaving their jobs. And I would bet you if they did a study on the people that were resigning, I would bet you a large percentage of them would be women in the middle to lower positions of companies that are taking the courage to go out on their own and do something different, whether it's network marketing, whether it's becoming an entrepreneur or a coach or starting their own business, you know, Shopify, whatever it is, I would, I would bet you that there's a huge push to women to go into online businesses and things like that, because they're realizing that, you know, there's so much more out there for them than what they're able to achieve in a workplace or lacking the confidence to ask for more within their workplace. Yeah. If you, if the only savings you have is your 401k, you're, you're, you're not doing it right. Like it just, it's, you're not doing it right. And you're not going to 401k yourself to wealth. You just aren't. No, no. And this is what, uh, you know, working with a coach of any kind can help bring to light because what everything we've talked about today is really about having the confidence in yourself to ask for what you're worth and to go for it. So whether it's, you know, within your career, within your business with a client. So I'm obviously self-employed, right? So it's like going for what you're worth with your prospective clients, going for what you're worth with your boss, going for what you're worth with X, Y, Z, even in relationships. Mm -hmm. If we talk about like, you know, romantic relationships, if you're not getting what you want, are you communicating what you want and your expectations of what the other person is bringing to the table. And what I find about coaching that a lot of people don't understand is they think of it as a cost. Oh, this investment of, you know, and I like to use the term investment because it's not a fee. It's not a cost. It's an investment. It's an investment in yourself to take yourself to the next level of whatever it is that you deserve and whatever it is that you need to focus on. Because I can guarantee you that every single one of the women that you've worked with could absolutely rave that it was a that it was a positive investment in their future and in their life and in their confidence that they wouldn't even think twice about doing it again. 
right? Yeah. But so many people look at it, the initial, and they go, oh, it's, you know, $3,000 or $5,000 or $1,000. And they see it as something that's going to hold them back financially mm -hmm. because they go, oh, it's, it's $3,000. You know, I don't really have that right now, but it's like, oh, it's $3,000. I don't necessarily have that right now. That's why I need to be doing this so that I can yeah. have more, ask for more, do more, have a better career life, have a better romantic relationship, whatever it is, right? Well, what's, what, when you stop yourself, what opportunity is it costing you? What's that opportunity cost? I mean, we have a client who's worked with Bold Women's Society. She worked with me before um, when I was just one on my, on my own, I guarantee you, if we asked her, her now, not, not just salary, but it's called make that money, honey. Right. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, she is now making at least $50,000 more. And I think yep. I might've started coaching her in 2017, maybe 2018. It actually is probably 2018. I mean, who doesn't want to make $50,000 more in three years or one year or two years? Who doesn't want to have a better relationship? Who doesn't want to have a better understanding of how to invest your money, right? Like take the shortcut. That's the whole thing. Get in mm -hmm. the room with the people who are the experts who can help you with that. Otherwise, you know, you can do it on your own. It's just going to take you a lot longer. Well, you, that's such a, such a great point. Both of you made such a great point. And it's who who is doing what you would like to do? Who's in a financial situation that you admire? I guarantee you they have coaches. They're getting mentors. They have advisory people who are helping them. So always look to who is in a place that I want to be versus sticking with whatever advice you're getting from your parents or your family and not knocking that. But are they in a place that you want to be? Because if not, you shouldn't be taking advice from them as I guarantee you, mm -hmm. these people who are where you want to be are investing in their futures. And I know people will argue and say, well, yeah, yeah, they can invest because they have the money or do they have the money because they invest? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so true. And this was a concept that I didn't fully understand until about three years ago when I paid to go to my first personal development conference. And I was going through a very difficult financial time at the moment at, at that time. And it was, you know, my mindset was all over the place. And I thought, I can't afford this. I can't do this. I can't make this work. And that conference was single-handedly one of the biggest shifts for my mentality because there were two speakers there in particular that completely changed the way I looked at everything in my life. And had I not gone to that and made that investment, even though times were tough, it would have not opened up my door to the world of personal development and training. Because as you said, every person who is successful or who has gotten to some level of achievement in their life has not done it alone. And That's people right. think that they can sit and watch YouTube videos or read all the books and listen to all the podcasts and do all the things. And yeah, there's a lot of self-taught, you know, courses and things out there. But at the end of the day, working with a one-on-one -on -one coach in whatever area of your life needs the most improvement and has the most urgency and top priority is going to get you there so much faster and also work on your specific needs because 
reading a book about money, listening to a podcast about, you know, women's confidence is not going to take into account your personal circumstances. It might give you some of the tools, but it's up to you to then try and put them into place. And it's much, much harder when you don't have that accountability partner or sounding board to help you get there. Absolutely. And if you can afford a new iPhone, if you can afford a Gucci bag or (laughs) a pair of Valentinos, right? Like, like think about the things that we spend our money on, right? If you have a Louis Vuitton bag in your closet, if you have an iPhone 13 Pro, you can afford a coach because I guarantee you (laughs) the coaches that I pay are going to get me a lot further in life than my Louis Vuitton handbag that's sitting over on the bench in my office. It just is. Yeah. And I love love some Louis Vuitton bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, how can we invest our money to make us more money? At the end of the day, this is a money podcast, right? The One of the commitments that I have to my clients is like, I want to be able to earn them back their investment in either savings yes. or growth within three months of working with me. Because if I oh can't God, do I that, that, if I can't do that, then I'm not doing my job. They should be able to either save themselves the, the upfront or earn themselves the upfront within three months. So I know that you ladies have a super exciting launch coming up of a new program. So can you please give us a little sneak peek at what that looks like and tell our listeners if they want to connect with you? Yes, absolutely. So we, we love the word bold at Bold Women's Society. And we have this amazing program called the Bold Blueprint. And you can think of it as like your blueprint for life. It's a, it's a coaching program for ambitious women, just like the women who are listening to your podcast, Sandra. And it is an eight-week intensive container where other like-minded professional women come together who are really looking to thrive in 2022. And they get a handful of things out of this program. We really help them get clarity on what it is they even want out of their life. What do they want of their career? Most women, most people never even stop to think, what do I even want? What makes me happy? What do I want to do? So we help them get clarity on that. We help them identify, you know, what are their personal values and how do they align with this future life and this future career that they want to build? We help them work on their beliefs and their mindset. So that way they can start to believe that what they actually want, they can have it too. You can, you can want it and you can have it, right? Because we're increasing their confidence too. So that instantly in the course, their confidence has gone up, but over time. It's tools that they're taking with them for a lifetime. We teach them about boundaries and how to communicate that. So that way they can avoid stress and burnout and all the things that uh, everybody in corporate knows (laughs) and has experienced at least at one time or another. And I feel like everybody, especially over the pandemic has been experiencing it because there's this complete blur between work and professional life. Um, And then lastly, we, we help women create high performance habits to help them reach this life and the career goals that they have set in place because you can get clear on it. We can help you build your belief and your confidence, but then we're going to show you, you need to implement these things into your life to help you get there. And Katie, I don't know if there's anything that you want to add about the program. No, you nailed it. It's it's something that is the culmination of years of coaching and training and mentoring that we've done. And we we just sat back and we created it this past year, and it's we've we've done it one time with a small group of women, and we just 
I get tongue tied because we know this changes people's lives. We know it impacts and changes women's lives. And so it's just, it's one of the proudest things that we've ever done. That's amazing. So this is coming up at the end of January. Are you going to be running multiple containers throughout the year? Yeah. So we'll do the bold blueprint at least twice this year, perhaps three times. Uh, And then we're introducing some other new things as well. More career specific, more how to get a job specific. Uh, But of course, this is kind of our, our cornerstone to everything because these as we say, these, this is the, the blueprint for your foundation of what you need for any other program that you work with us on. Amazing. But we're not sure when we're doing it. So if you don't get in, you know, we're, we're ending it. The close date is January 30th. So if you don't get in by then, it, it could be a couple of months. Okay. Awesome. So if people want to connect with Katie and Amanda, if you got a pen and paper handy, you can join their text list at 214-949-4715. And if you text the word Sandra, they have a little freebie for you. So again, that phone number is 214-949-4715. I will also link their Instagrams and the Bold Women Society Instagram in the description of this podcast so that you can connect with them and learn more about all of the amazing things that they are doing for women. And I cannot wait to see what you ladies bring to the table in 2022 and continue in contact and be on your show as well. Absolutely. Oh, we are very much looking forward to it. So this has been so much fun. Thank you so much, ladies, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey. 